What is up, people? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. And what that basically means is it's the normal Toffee Blues. It's just like that, except it has like special sauce, like a Big Mac. Yeah, it's just, it, that's all this is. Yes, it's just like a normal Toffee Blues Big Mac with Thousand Island dressing on it. That's all this is, all right? You already heard his voice. But you're going to get some more of it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, making another appearance on Toffee Blues USA, is one of our Cincinnati Toffee uh, brethren um, and contributor to Toffee Targets. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Shake Holton is back. Hi, everybody. Woo! Yeah! Repeat. Yeah. Repeat. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has just been clamoring for it. Yes. I, they've been hitting up my DMs like crazy. I'm sure. They're like, "Where? when is Cincy Naismith coming back? <laughs> Cincy I'm starting, Maisie. I'm starting to look like it with the, the facial hair, man. I'm telling you. Like it's, uh, I think there was one time where we posted a picture of all of us in the, uh, you know, at, at the at Dana Gardens for a match. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had my facial hair and I, you know, kind of the short guy i got the blonde hair and it's and i think it was either everton in the usa or uh premier league in the usa mm -hmm. and they're like is that stephen naismith at the <laughs> at the pub and i'm like and i wish <laughs> uh yeah we we had another one of your uh one of your cincinnati yes jeff jeff was, jeff was on the last time he was super nice guy super cool guy taught me taught me a little bit uh about uh the universe and uh, about Red Rum Club. So He's I've a been a big music guy. I did a deep dive into that this past week. It's pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it, we're, uh, we're starting to find out there may be a connection, Cincinnati Everton connection. I was talking to my wife about it. I'm wondering what the psychology is behind Cincinnati folks in Everton. Is there one? Or am <laughs> I just happening to talk to, to two of them every week right now? So it's. <laughs> wasn't sure if it's like a is it something situational or what man so we're gonna have to talk about that at some point um so 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 jake it's international break which not to bring things down but we know international break sucks yeah it sucks does it suck it does. for you as much as it sucks for me dude uh yeah, I don't, I never enjoy international break for a multitude of reasons. Um, first being, I don't like international football for the most part, uh, especially when we just seems like Everton have the worst luck during international breaks with injuries or mm -hmm. what have you, you know, Seamus Coleman picked up another knock to his hamstring going to Ireland. That man, he's never allowed to go play for the Ireland national team ever again. He we should just have no more of our players football. go to Ireland. No more of our players should be playing for Ireland right now. Okay. <laughs> nothing and against it, the country nothing, of Ireland. You guys are great. All. Okay. No, we love our Irish players. We just won't want them going playing for Ireland right now because they always end up getting hurt. Irish players, Irish coffees, man. You guys are great. I heard great stories about you and your, your drinking escapades. 
Well, that um, frightens me, but, and, and, and you know, it's exciting at the same time. <laughs> you know, Alan, yeah, Alan picked up an injury as well. Don't know what his yeah. situation is going to be going into this weekend. Outside of that, it seems like everyone else is healthy, but just like, especially now during a global pandemic, international football seems gratuitous and completely unnecessary in every way. And, and uh, you know, Everton have been relatively lucky, but Liverpool have lost a couple more players, uh, two to injury and one to the coronavirus in, you know, Mohamed Salah. And that's massive when they're going to go play Leicester City this weekend. So, you know, it's it's not just smaller clubs. It's, you know, nobody's safe from international break. And I just, I don't enjoy it. Especially the first one this season when Everton came out of the gate and smashed in four wins back to back to back to back. And they had won all seven of their matches and were just flying high. And it just killed all the momentum. Yep. So I, I hate international break. I don't like it at all. See, I, I, I told you off, off uh, camera earlier that I, I watched some of the U.S. national team. They have a lot of really exciting young players playing for the U.S. national team right now. I love watching players like Tyler Adams. Uh, I've been watching Tyler Adams for a while now, you know, uh, seeing the growth that Weston McKinney has been, you know, going through. Seeing what Anthony, Anthony Robinson's up to right now, which we're going to get another look at him in the we, on the weekend, um, which we will get to later. Uh, but it was, you know, but the U.S. games, it was just kind of cool, you know, uh, just to see them play. You're like, okay, that's that that's neat. But the first game that it was a very meh uh, match with Wales, it was just very meh. And then the second one was just, you know, it was a beatdown of Panama, who didn't even bring anywhere close to their strongest squad. And so it was just seemed like a kind of a throwaway you know, bit. It was cool to kind of get some of these young players playing and all that, you know, get them used to. But at the same time, I, I can't help but agree with you, Jake. Uh, not uh, sure how much, like, what is actually necessary? What is, it's a serious question, what is necessary when it comes to all this stuff right now in these conditions? Um, yeah, I don't know the answer, but it seems like the necessary thing would normally be the paycheck and their families it's what it seems like but yeah i don't know anyway. and even outside the pandemic like in between tournaments in between major tournaments why are we stopping league play for just international friendlies it seems really unnecessary it's, this is this is kind of like an every year thing though right so it's kind of like we do it because we we do it i don't know maybe uh <laughs> To, 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 because it's always been done, Jake. No, it's, <laughs> but it's more of a, maybe it's a, uh, hey, teams need chemistry, especially like U.S. who has no style. No, no, no discernible, like, identity. And they're trying to carve one out right now. But right now, Jake, i got to be honest, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. And I'm aware of it. It's just a possibility. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a good question though, man. And I know it's, you do wonder, and, I, and we're not even talking about how crazy things are for all the players over the holidays. Yeah. Winter holidays. Yeah. Things get yeah. absolutely nuts. Yeah. Things are about to get crunched all together, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Everything's so thin, right? We need to bulk up our roster some more. Like, 
Yikes. Yeah. So, so you didn't watch much of the international. So what are you doing with your time? What are you, where's the time going for Jake right now on international break? Okay. So, um, obviously I write for toffee targets. It's international break. However, I was still able to put out two pieces this past week. Uh, the first one was obviously on the Manchester United loss. Um, I, I pointed out a lot of things in that piece, and I thought it was, um, I thought it was a, a good idea to just kind of try to keep everyone reined in. Still, I know it seems like the sky is falling, three losses in a row. However, in that second half, it did it did seem like that Everton were kind of starting to get themselves kick started again, maybe a little bit. You know, I'm just looking for silver linings. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second one was about how Everton are wasting youth talent once again. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a really fun piece for me to write. And I, I've kind of, I've been having this discussion about the youth squad with a couple of different people and some groups of Everton supporters here and there. And it all centers around, there's a lot of scrutiny on David Unsworth. And I think he deserves some of that scrutiny. You know, I think he enjoys winning a lot more than, he does growing the talent of these young players. Um, and it's not all on him, you know, it's, it's, it's also on Everton not sending these guys out on loan when they're ready to go out on loan, you know, you know, even, even if you've got a guy, you know, who's 18, 19 years old and he's too good for the under 18 side, right? So you move him up to under 23 and then he comes up and he's killing the under 23 side. That's a sign. Send him out on loan. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like Everton are never trying to send these guys out on loan when they need to be sent out on loan. And I, I pointed some some big players with, you know, or some big teams with, with a lot of loanings. You know, Manchester City is a squad that loans out a lot of players. Chelsea is the most famous for sending 800 guys out on it's loan absurd. every season. There's so many. And, and, I'm, I, and I also made the point, when, you know, it's not always going to work but it is going to help their development. And if it's not going to fit your squad, you're going to have that player's value go up exponentially because they have experience in a first team on a loan somewhere that they were able to grow. So that, that was a fun piece. I enjoyed writing it. It's a bit contentious at towards Everton, but I think it's a conversation worth having. I agree. (laughs) Well, if I spoke like a human there, I would have said, I agree. Jeez. Yes, I'm still dealing with the same yeah, yeah. long stuff. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, normal <laughs> human speak now. No, I agree, man. And uh, I think it it goes to, I, I feel like I remember when we had uh, the, the gentleman, El Pivote, on, we talked about uh, continuity between, and this was like last year, we talked about continuity from the top down, uh, system-wise. And I remember, I and I, I bring up, I feel like a lot of the people that are putting out some good talent now, I look at, you know, New York Red Bulls. Okay. Interesting situation. I was lucky enough to go to some, when the DA was still a thing, the development Academy, still a thing. I got to go down the road and watch a bunch of the DAs from the East coast play. And one of the DAs I watched was New York Red Bulls. And I talked to one of their parents and he said, one of the things I love about my kid playing here is I know they're playing the same style with the same philosophy as the adult team, as the first team. And, uh, and it's interesting that DAs are doing this, okay? Same philosophy. 
Um, I look at a club, I'm, Philadelphia Union, doing the same thing. They are churning out talent. Yeah. Philadelphia Union is, is like a talent factory. And now I realize I'm giving MLS examples. We're talking Everton. It's, it's you know, apples and kumquats. I get it. Not the same thing. Okay. But the idea of having a similar, some sort of continuity system systematically from the top down. And I'm under the impression that's one of the things Marcel Bronze was supposed to be doing when he came in. So I'm still hoping that we see gradual movement on that within the, you know, I just don't know, man, because it does feel like it's more about wins than it is as much about getting that, that through line, that discernible through line, that kind of, that gives you a spine, a DNA of your squad. What is, what is your DNA? Is it just, it's not just to have a good team every, right. at every age, you know? Uh, if that's the case, it's tough because I don't know, at that point, then what's the DNA? Winning? Well, that's a very American thing. It's a very American thing. Let's win by any way we need to, and let's just have, let's look at our squad, develop it around whatever's good here, and we do what we have to do to win, and who cares what it looks like, you know? That's not, that's not what Everton's doing. No. You know? So, anyway, you bring up a really, it's a long conversation, Jake. It is, yeah. You know, um, and, and it's, it's yeah. tough because they, we don't know the situation of all these loans, these young players. We don't know. Have we, have we tried to get some of them loans and they just couldn't get them? Or was it the kind of thing where we waited too late in the game and they ended up going somewhere else? We were yeah. like, ah, we don't want you to go because we're not sure if we need you. Uh, never mind. And then we got players who are like 26 playing U23s right now. You Matty know? Pennington. You know, who – Waste. Well, I just – I don't know what's going on there. I always – I hesitate to assume I know the situation, but, you know, it does seem like, you know, I don't know what – it could be another one of those things where we're, we're giving him a helping hand while, while he's working out a move. Cool. Um, sort of cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So, uh -huh. that's a tough one, dude. That's a I tough mean, one. I mean, like, you know, we, we – I think – I think my two my two examples I always like to point to, and they're they're very recent. You know, Morgan Feeney just left for Sunderland on a free, yeah, and Kieran Dowell just left to Wigan for like a million pounds or something. And Not those much. were two of like very highly touted prospects in our you know youth system over the last six years or whatever. Well, like I was gonna say, three or four years ago, you would have said, yeah, I think they're gonna break through. Yeah. I was saying on uh, on the American Toffee podcast two years ago, I was saying that I thought Kieran Dow would have been a first teamer by this time. Yeah. I thought he had the skills and maybe he does, but like he's got a long injury history and he's yes. hurt again now and it's a bummer. Ugh. But I mean, like you look at those guys a couple years ago and you're like, surefire, going to be first teamers. Hold on. Kieran Dow, did he go to Wigan or Norwich? He did go to Norwich. You're right. Okay. You're right. I, it just hit me because he had been alone at Norwich before. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the – or not at right. Norwich. He had been alone at Wigan before. Wigan, and now he moved yeah. permanently to Norwich and immediately got hurt. And you're just yeah, like, I'm going oh. cross-eyed trying to figure all this out, man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – you're right. We don't know, and, and maybe it's not right to assume, but all we can go off is, is what we've seen, right? Mm -hmm. And the evidence points to a mishandling of a lot of youth players. And, and how can we get the most out of those, those youth players, I think, is a question. I'm assuming they're asking themselves, is right. how, do we, how do we 
carry these these kids through to help because we still need that Everton DNA in the squad. We can't sit there and just buy everyone and be yeah. like, hey, I'll take a hummus. Hey, I'll take some Mina. You know what I mean? And just yeah, sit yeah, there yeah. and just you know, spice up the whole... like Tom Davis and Anthony yes. Gordon and Ellis Sims. Like you need guys like that in the squad who are like one Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a big example of that. He he didn't come up through the U squad, but he did play on in this U squad and he's had to earn his spot as an Everton player and now he's in love with Everton Football Club. So Yeah. That's huge. That's that. a that's a good example there. I mean a uh, uh, Mason Holgate, another player who didn't yeah. come up through, but he still had to earn his way through. Yep. You know? Um you can there are examples of this and i feel like you need those kind of people to keep you need those kind of players you need those kind of presences to keep uh you have to be tapped in yeah to the nerve system of the club you know if you don't have those yeah i I feel like you lose some some identity um anyway uh very very cool stuff this is i we got into this conversation and i we were not planning on having this conversation it's just came out it's kind of cool so i'd have made it a topic had i known I was not prepped <laughs> for this I was not prepped for jake holton's just quick <laughs> conversational style uh so um just uh throwing this out there then um for I, we do need to get on to to the rest of the show uh just a quick summary of what the rest of the show is going to look like we have done the the intro there you go Hope you enjoyed it. Then we'll go into Isco. Some guy wants to play for Everton. We'll talk about him. You know, no big deal, <laughs> right? And then, and then we'll uh, go into the mailbag. There's some good stuff from some familiar names and some names I don't yeah, know, some but all, some really there, cool yeah. questions. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and then we'll do a, a preview of uh, the Fulham match coming up. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, we can only... Hope there's no uh, Paninkas involved, uh, failed or otherwise. Just don't need to see that uh, for anyone. <laughs> Poor Mola. All right. So, uh, l- really quick before we dive in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, rem- I'm a- I have to remind myself to do this. If you're gonna be getting anything for the holidays, this is my ad. Ready for my ad? Brace yourself <laughs> for commerce, friends. Live read. Here we go. <laughs> hey. Uh, in the description, Everton Direct link. If you're going to be buying something from Everton for the holidays, I know my family already has been doing this. There's a link down there. If you could click through that, we'd certainly appreciate it. Get your Everton gear right there, Everton Direct. The link right there is in the details of this video, of this podcast. Check it out. Hopefully it helps you out. There you go. I'm rocking this sweet uh, Everton hoodie right now. It's, you know, it's a nice black Hummel gear it's got the chevrons all the way down the sleeves it's very comfortable i'd I'd recommend it for anybody i really wish i'd have like given you like some sort of like introduction like jake is wearing (laughs) medium hummel pullover (laughs) black on black on white you know (laughs) but i don't have anything cool i don't have that written or prepared Uh, so instead i just have to be like jake wears shirt that's right you know he does (laughs) So bought them from Everton Direct. There you go. Right there. Check, click the click the link, and uh, all, all my Toffee Blues people will will thank you for it. Apparently. So all right, time to move on. We are 
we gotta talk. We gotta talk Isco. This guy's everywhere. Yeah, can't get away from Isco talk. Um, so, uh, I've been trying to figure it out because he's a player that I just—it's like Hamas, player I've been like absolutely in love with for a while. I've been like mouth-watering, like creation of goal opportunities, and it's just, uh, you know, uh, like oh my gosh, look that guy's gonna pull a pass out of his ass and find a player in the stands who finds a way to score. Holy crap. Isco is just, you know, uh, he's a, he's kind of, kind of, you know, it's a little bit like soccer Jesus. Uh, he even has the beard. Uh, Isco's pretty great. Uh, I've been in and out of favor at Real Madrid lately though. You never know. It's almost like, you know, the leaves are turning brown. So Isco doesn't play. So now the, 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 the blossoms are coming onto the flowers, and that means Isco's playing again. Uh, Zidane and he, kind of a weird relationship, but it, it does seem like he's ready to, to, to be consistent somewhere. Um, rumors of Everton uh, naturally happen. So, Jake, I got to figure out where this guy fits in. I'm having, I'm having a little bit of trouble because we're talking about a center-attacking mid player who also is a creative 10 from the wing, from the left, right-footed. So it's almost like take Hamas, reverse it. All right? Not a speed player, creator, mm -hmm. who uh, everywhere I've read his best position is coming from the center. But how do we work that if we're working a 4-3-3? And yeah, because there's some stuff that's kind of conflicting about his best positions and what we need and yep. what formation we run. So... Is this a thing where we change formations or is this a thing where we run him on the outside or we run him? Yeah. I don't know, dude, Jake, where, where's your gut? Where's your uh, gut on this one? I don't see how he fits. I mean, weep. Is, Isco is a really good player. I'm not going to deny that he's not a really good player because that would be crazy to say that he's not a really good player. I'm not going to say that he's old because that would also be crazy. He's 28 years old. Yeah, I mean, sh um, that's not old. That's, that's literally two years older than me. So it'd be like calling myself old, which would be ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. who would call themselves old? No <laughs> <laughs> one. But I don't know. You're, you're right. I don't know where he fits. He's not going to fit in a 4-3-3 unless you're going to play him on the left, but then you take Richarlison out of the mix and you can't do that. Uh, you're not going to drop him. You're probably not going to drop him to left mid in between, you know, Richarlison and Luca Dean. Although I, I could think of worse places to put in Isco, mm. you know, um is it a thing a silly question dude so so hear me out here because i don't know either is it a thing where right now one of our positions of weakness is the well I, not a position of weakness i hate to say that because sometimes it's a position of strength depending on the game but the sigurdsson andre gomez situation all right does he fit there but those players i feel like have slightly different qualities you know what it's I mean? all, yeah, it's it's also tough to put him in that position being a right-footed attacker because he's not going to be able to swing balls in from the right side. He's going to have to cut inside almost exclusively, which makes him a little bit more one-dimensional. 
you know, putting it put, in like, if you're going to talk about one of Isco's, one of his probably weakest spots, throwing him out on a right wing, like in a, on an Island, basically trying yeah. to run at a left back is you're not going to get the best out of him at all. So it's really tough because you, you want a guy like that in your squad. No doubt about it. He's a bona fide star. He's got the credentials to back it up. He's been playing for years at Real Madrid at a, an incredibly high level and a born winner, right? And let's not forget his contributions to the Spain Spanish national team. He's been a baller on the Spanish national team as well for a long time. The guy can play. It's just trying to find a place for him with our current squad and our current setup. You're asking a lot of Carlo Ancelotti for him to find somewhere. It would have to be, I, I would, it would almost have to be like a four, two, two, two. Right. And you'll have to find a spot for him in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, my, my, I just kind of throw my hands up and I'm like, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's such a, it's such a weird situation because I don't, I don't know. I've been trying to roll it over in my brain because I, you're right. I mean, you start with Charleston on the left. That's the way it is. So at that point, then you have to start him as a, as a 10, as a 10 period. Um, and that's, that's where you start him. Um, then do you have, do you have Alana Decore? Do you run four, two, three, one at that point? Is that what you do? Yeah. Um, but, but, but the thing I have, my biggest issue with that, though, is, okay, well, if you do that, you're changing your whole whole thing you've been doing all year. You're changing what you've been, your whole plan, what your mm-hmm. whole plan's been all year long, and you're doing it because one player, which doesn't seem like a Carlo kind of thing. But I know, also, Carlo does like his utility. He yeah. likes being able to take a player and move him over here. You know? He, he likes swapped wingers a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and especially like taking Bernard, throwing him in the middle. You know what I mean? Uh, he He'll likes flip Hamas from the right, right middle to like over to the left side, and and have him play. And he'll flip flop guys. And I, I think Carlo also likes to have the flexibility of like changing formations. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think Carlo likes playing a four three three every every single week. Although it's a lot easier when everyone's healthy and you're getting this liquid football where the passes are just you know here, bang, 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 bang in the goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's really appealing and it, it works. We've seen it work. Um, but you gotta, you gotta be flexible and you gotta be able to be flexible. And I don't know if adding Isco is really going to add to that flexibility or make it more one dimensional and kind of handcuff you a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I'm torn because you're making your team better period. You're making your team better. You're making your team deeper. You're making your squad deeper. Uh, and I, here I am. I've been sitting here complaining about depth this whole time. And here we'd be bringing in a player that makes the squad deeper. Yeah. Um, and we'd be doing it at a bargain. Yeah. Because he would be a bargain. I don't care what we get him for. It will be a bargain. And I mm-hmm. know it. Yes. yes. So, so is this the kind of thing where we just take the ISCO and don't worry about wedging, wedging him into a starting lineup and we'll just adapt as we can, especially if rumors are right and if for some reason Bernard is headed out, right? Yeah. If Bernard Roma, is headed out. Yeah, Roma being interested, yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, bringing Isco, just 
add another quality player who's going to create more goal scoring opportunities. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not ever going to, I'm not going to get mad if they add Isco. I'm not going to like throw a fit and be like, Oh, well, this is the dumbest move. I'm if gonna, if you do, if you do, I, I would like to see it because I just don't see you being sincere about it. I think it would be a fun fake fit. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, throw up a, throw up a rant on Twitter, adding the hashtag uh, brands out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was sad. You know, I, I, we'll talk about this more later. Uh, well, not really because we talked about it earlier uh, in my Manchester United review. I was like, I, I jokingly mentioned that I'm, I'm for sure going to see people on Twitter saying Ancelotti out and yeah. lo and behold, I mean, some of them, a lot of them were joking, but there were a couple of like serious people like wanting ready yeah. to fire Carlo Ancelotti. And I'm just like, and you know, and, and that's, it, it's an interesting thing. Blame. Blame is an interesting thing. The yeah. idea of being able to pin it, it's like, it's there's something almost comforting of being able to point at someone saying, yeah, their fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I he's feel not, like, yeah, he's not completely absolved of any fault. Like he clearly made some tactical and substitution errors, but like, come on. I don't blame, I don't even blame him for some of the, I, I, I like the losses. I think you can see what he's trying to do. And we were, we were having some serious personnel issues in terms of having yeah. the people we needed. Like, was it, I mean, clearly it wasn't the right choice because it didn't work. You know what I mean? There's some of these choices, they, they didn't work. So you can't sit there and be like, yeah, they were perfect. No, no, they didn't work. <laughs> but at least you can see some rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. And it's not just something we've experienced with other managers where it's like doing the same thing. You're like, oh, it was predictable as hell. No, not necessarily. Hi, Marco Silva. I was also going to say hey to, to uh, Ronald Roberto Martinez Koeman. as well. God, Ronald Koeman. It wasn't even like bang your head against the wall with Ronald Koeman. It was let me play every player out of position that I possibly can. And you're just like shaking your head. You're like, that man played Dominic Calvert-Lewin at right wing back to start the season against Stoke. And you're just like, he's now the golden boot, like, tied for the golden boot right now come on <laughs> yeah. put him at right wing back he saw the potential the defensive potential <laughs> <laughs> oh we will be getting you know, he would have played richarlison at defensive mid hey hey he does the defensive work i mean he does but like man what a waste that would be <laughs> oh yeah i'm still mad at kuman i'm just saying yeah I'm everyone is that dude. i hate that guy, that guy. All right, so um, anyway, Isco, final word from you. How are you feeling about Isco? Do we, do we take it even though you can't really make a discernible place for him in the starters? Or do you, you know what I mean? Or do you just sit there and, or do you say, eh, we need to focus on starters right now? I'd rather have somebody else, maybe somebody a little younger, maybe somebody a little more versatile. Mm hmm but I don't, I'm not going to turn that away. I would definitely have Isco in this squad. I think he's the kind of guy, like, you buy him and, like, figure it out when he gets there. And I, and I think if he comes, Carlo figures out a way to make him a starter. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I, think I, I, think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. And I, I agree I would take him, too. I don't – I mean, I'm st I do think we are bringing in some of these vets that are not young developmental players. It is a bit of a risk. Um, but we're not laying out a ton, ton of money for them. 
So that kind of, that makes things a little different. And uh, yeah, so, okay, cool. Well, I think we would have to, I think our, our, our final word on that is Isco, yes. Two thumbs up. Jerry. That was, I think, I think Barry Larkin would have been better. Maybe. Uh, that's my Cincinnati Reds reference yeah. for Jake. Barry Larkin. <laughs> what, a, what a guy that was. Don't make I, I, him anymore. I, I watched a lot of baseball when Barry Larkin was playing. Just yeah. so. All right. I, I got to see the end of Barry Larkin's career. Bummer. Well, remember, I'm like 89 years old, so <laughs> I saw a lot of Barry Larkin's career. Um, these gray ones were not there. Uh, all right mailbag ladies and gentlemen moving on to the mailbag we have some cool quality questions from some uh recognizable sources but we're going to go from the not as recognizable sources in the beginning from instagram peter underscore wood 77 has an interesting question jacob jake why is everton's fan base in u.s in the u.s so big man that's a that's a great question. I don't know if I can really answer that question because it's it's kind of Everton is like almost anti-American, right? Americans like winners. And they like they like big cities, right? And they like these big names and they want everything to be up in lights and they want everything to be big and they want winners, right? And when you're talking about American Premier League supporters, when they go into wanting to support a Premier League team, they're going to be looking at the top six, almost exclusively. They're going to be looking at Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, Tottenham, right? Hmm. Maybe a couple lesser people now that after, especially after Leicester won a title, I'm sure you've gotten a big wave of, American Leicester fans off of that success. But like Everton is, it's, you have to be such a unique character to be an Everton supporter. You have to, you you almost have to be a fan. If you look at a lot of American Everton supporters, you you have to kind of look at their other sports. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm a Reds fan. These are, the Reds are a historic team. They've done winning in the past, a lot of winning in the past, and haven't been winners for a long time, right? The Bengals, they're not a historic team, but they've been to a couple Super Bowls. They've been to some Super Bowls. I remember the icky shuffle, man. Yeah, but they've never won it. And you kind of have to have a taste of what it's like to want something so bad and see it so close, but know that maybe it's never going to happen. You, ha- you have to have, like, the thick skin. You have to be thick-skinned to be an Everton supporter. You can't be flimsy because you know it's the hope that kills. You hear it all the time on Everton Twitter. It's the hope that kills. So I think it's, that doesn't explain why there's so many Everton fans. It almost explains why there shouldn't be so many Everton fans. But I think – I think Tim Howard had a big part in that, obviously, you know, he was, he's a, you know, him and Landon Donovan, I think had a massive hand in that. Uh, Just like I'm sure Clint Dempsey had a big hand in why there's so many Fulham supporters in the United States. You know, it's just, it's a recognizable name and Mm -hmm. it's a club that is not 
a big club right now. I, although I think it still is, obviously, and that's because it is. Everton's a big club. But, you know, historically, they're a massive club, a powerhouse club. And um, so I, I, think, I think Tim Howard and, and Landon Donovan is going to be my answer because, I, I, as I just said, I, I can't come up with any other reasons. Americans like winners, and really, Everton haven't done much winning in the, in the last, you know, decade or so. So I'm going to build on what you're going to say. My initial response to that question was, is our fan base so big in the U.S.? <laughs> because I think it is tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Okay? I think there is so much more potential for, for Everton in the States. I think we are barely scratching the surface. Uh, do I think that success is going to help fuel that? Yeah, it will. You know, keep, keep winning games keep getting some worldwide personalities. It's going to fuel that. We are still, we are, we are, it is a building kind of thing. I also think studying the personality of the Everton supporters that are kind of coming in and they have not, they're not as much infatuated with the success. They're more all about the personality of the club. They feel linked to it, connected to it, you yep. know, like me and this guy right here. Um, you know, we, we have a certain connection to it. I know for me, like, I'm a guy who doesn't like the easy answers. You know what I mean? It's not who I am. Um, I, I don't like, you know, when people are like, you know, I, I do this because everybody else does it. I'm just not that guy. You know, I like to find my own way. I like to, you know, and I don't know if it's, you know, being like kind of a, you know, coming from a, like a working class type of a type of a vibe, but that's, that's who I am. And I look at, I, I, I yeah. So I, I connect with that, with, with Everton. I, I connect with the, the, the community. Um, and, and so I think there's, there is a big, there are a lot of working class folks in America that don't want their favorite team spoon fed to them yeah you know what i mean like and so when i say you know so it's not insulting to everton to say we barely scratched the surface you know we barely scratched the surface because when you sit there and you go out to a bar here in winston it's really hard to find your 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 everton bar i know exactly where it is it's campus gas it's right over there by by wake forest university i know exactly where it is but you know something it took us a while to get there you know what i mean you got your man new spots you got your you know, red shite spots, they're scattered all over the places, you know, and it's not the, uh, basically, we have a lot of room to grow. So I think, number one, we're as big as we are because there's something about the soul, the, the psychological connection, you know, in the same way that, this is going to sound stupid, dude, I'm sorry, but I just have to say it, in the same way that certain people link up with certain superheroes and say, I'm a Spider-Man guy. I'm a Batman guy. Yeah. I'm a I'm an Iron Man. You know what I mean? It like they sit with and, you on a personal yes, level. There's something where you connect emotionally for one reason or another, you know? And and you know, when I think about my friends who like Batman, it's like, oh, you like to do things your way. You don't you and you like to earn your own way. Got it. I see I see that because it's very similar to Iron Man. There's no superpowers. It's all just doing it through your intellect and 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 your savvy and your 
your gadgets, you know, okay, I got it, I got it, you know? So I like tinkering like that and thinking about fandom, you know? I think that's friggin' cool. That's why when I was talking about Cincinnati linking up to Everton, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's a cool subject. I think it's really neat. I, I, uh, think, I think we've done some like really, really, really like minor research into this. And by research, I mean like we looked at some rough numbers. But I think the last time we looked, uh, the Cincinnati Toffees had more uh, followers than the uh, – <clears throat> Liverpool, Cincinnati uh, does so. Okay. I mean, okay. Like, we're Can I, bigger than, you know, the neighbors. So it's really quick. FC Cincinnati's there, right? Yes. They have, they have a new stadium. They're building a new stadium. It will be done by the time next season rolls around. Can I, can I ask, did, is there somebody involved with designing that stadium? There is. Yes, there is who a is, gentleman. Who, who is that? There is a gentleman involved with building that stadium, and he is the same man who is <laughs> unfortunately no longer on the Bramley Moore Dock project. But he's still still behind the designs, though. Yes. Still behind the, design. the initial designs. He, he, became, he came out with the initial design for the Bramley Moore Dock, and the new FC Cincinnati Stadium looks absolutely brilliant, and I cannot wait to go into it and sit there and watch a match. So, yeah. Although it, FC Cincinnati is terrible, but that's neither here that. nor there. They'll get there. They'll get yes, there. They, they have will. huge support. They'll, yes, they will. There. But yeah, in case you haven't figured it out, he's talking about Dan Mice. So yeah. So <laughs> that's correct. Shout out to Dan. So yeah. Anyway. Dan, I hope you're watching. Oh yeah, that would be. Oh, that'd be awesome. I like that guy. All right. Oh, so yeah, that's another one who just got connected with Everton. And that's right. Really and fully got in. I believe he. He. I believe he. Uh, he designed Paul Brown Stadium as well. So if I have that correct. I, I do not know. I don't I, know. I I'm like, I'm like eighty percent sure that he designed Paul Brown Stadium as well. Well, I'm going with your percentages. All right, we need to move on. But basically, yes. Peter Wood seventy seven. It's a complicated answer. It's a complicated question. So yeah, it is. M W E F C. Any hidden talents in the MLS that Everton could snap up? Flat, no. That, that's not to say that there aren't hidden talents in the MLS because, you know, my boy Ryan Williams, he loves watching the MLS and he loves giving me names of guys on every, every MLS squad. Like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's good. This guy's good. And they are, but they're not good enough for Everton and where Everton are headed. Now, some of the more talented players – they're on a trajectory that is currently above Everton. Um, the guy, the kid for Philadelphia Union, he just signed a, a contract. Aronson. Aronson, that's right. I love that kid. He's um, amazing. Well, he, he just signed with, was it RB Leipzig or was it? Nope, it was uh, uh, Salzburg. Salzburg. RB Salzburg. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and so, and that will turn into if he succeeds there to a massive move to one of the European top teams. My guess would be, you know, Bayern Munich, because they like to buy up a lot of young talent. He'll go. He'll go really to. He'll go to Leipzig after, after. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Just kiss. He'll graduate the... from RB Salzburg to RB Leipzig. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a thing with them. I think they're going to do that. Uh, but yeah, no. For me, there's. 
there's not a single person in the MLS I, I think Everton should even really consider. Can, so I'll, I'll give a caveat to that. Um, I think there are players that are brutally talented that could be playing at a number of places. I just don't know if Premier League at Everton is the place for them to thrive. Yeah. So I'm going to – I think, yeah, I think I'll, you're I'll spot agree. on. I'll agree with you and slightly disagree, but it's more of agreement with an amendment. You know what I mean? Um because, you know, I look at the... I think the Bundesliga is a brilliant spot for these, like, young MLS guys who are, like, yeah. budding with talent. I think that's a, a great place. That and the Netherlands, I think, is another good place, like, somewhere like Ajax or something like that, or, yeah. you know, uh, PSV. They do good things at PSV with, you know, talent development. And yeah. so, yeah. We should look into the guy who used to run their program, their director <laughs> of football. I heard he was yeah, you know what? You're right. We should. <laughs> if I were talking to another one of our Toffee Blues buddies, Jacob, all right, another Jacob, different Jacob, he would say Daryl DK of Orlando would be somebody we would need to be talking about. Um, or he would say, hey, he's good, still not good enough to play striker for Everton. So I'd be, because he's, he's like, the young, like uh, the, I know Burhalter was talking about trying to work with him on the national team. He came from University of Virginia. I watched him play in college. So he's a college product. And some of these college products, man, are coming out and they're actually getting some decent game time straight out of college. They're drafted, they come in and they yeah. play straight out of college. So um, having said that, I haven't seen any college players where I immediately say, yeah, that kid's good enough to be on Everton's bench right now. I can't, I can't say that. But yeah, I like the idea that it's getting closer. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, heck, there's a former Wake yeah. Forest University player right now playing for Leeds, Jack Harrison. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, Jack crazy. Harrison. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. It's a good. That's a good example. I mean, Zach Steffen. He came from the MLS, and he's he's next in line for Manchester city, number one goalkeeper, you know, which is so. mind boggling. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so again, MWEFC, there's some really, really good talents in MMLS right now. We're trying to find one that's appropriate for premier league and for Everton. And right now, see, I look at uh, someone like uh, Aronson who just went to Salzburg. He's a very slight playmaker he's thin i think he would have i would i think he would have fit in in well here i i would have had him i think he's very i i I feel like he's i feel like he needs to beef up you know i think we these players like we need to beef dudes like that up that's the problem with some of these mls kids they come in and they just need they need they need to they need to get carved out of wood fight club style you know what i mean they they need that and and MLS, I'm just not sure it does it to them yet because the training that they get in England, three times training all, you know, three times a day, four yeah. times a week, five times mm-hmm. a week is just different than they get in the States. And I'm finding that out now with yeah. a kid who's training mm-hmm. in the States. And we're getting all these like really inf- interesting information about training over in, in uh, Europe, finding out the way it really is. It is fascinating. So, uh, yeah. So anyway... 
I want to put a pin in that because I, I want to, I think about a player, a center back like Mark McKenzie at Philadelphia Union, who's a player who's in high demand. And I'm just like, no, I don't think he, but I don't think he's too far from a Mason Holgate type player. I don't. So anyway, but I still wouldn't have him right now, even though it's from Wake Forest. So next question. Underscore Enoch underscore 70 from Instagram. Is Richarlison the main man at Everton since we can't seem to win when he doesn't play. I'll let you answer this first. I have a very fast answer, though. Yes, of course he is. I mean, you could make arguments for a couple other players, but I, I think you're going to fall short in that argument. And I would be willing to listen to those arguments and and still probably call you wrong. But still respecting your opinion, obviously. Like, you, you can say whoever it is, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you're totally wrong and you can't have that opinion or you're an idiot. Jake's but done like, everything yeah. except he's promised he's not going to be a dick when you have your stupid opinion is what he's saying. Okay. He's... I'm going to be civil. <laughs> I'm going to be civil. Uh, yeah, he is. Now, do I think it's impossible for Everton to win without Richarlison? No, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And you would, you know, it's, I, it's it's almost lucky that Everton haven't won without Richarlison. I know there's been a couple draws in there, um, and he was obviously missed these past three matches, and he's going to be a massive, you know, a massive upgrade to the squad coming up against a Fulham side that we don't really I, – I guarantee you, without Richarlison in the squad this weekend against Fulham, we would have beat them still. I guarantee it. Which is annoying. And- it's super annoying because, like, another weekend in that in – that, yeah, that whole thing would have been crushed. It would have been like, okay, we can win without Richarlison. Let's yeah, let's get on with it. Although I'm not going to complain that Richarlison's coming back. It's great. Yeah, and you're right. We'll win without him. We'll win without him at some point. It's going to happen. He'll be fine. We just need we need to keep building our depth. I do. I think it's because we just don't. We were trying to replace him with players that don't do exactly what he does. Right. Right. Uh, we did, and we were trying to, and we had other players missing too. Right. So, uh, is he a talismanic right now? It seems. I feel like almost everybody that come on the show, who's your favorite Everton player right now? Charleston. <laughs> so almost everybody's like, Charleston. You know, do a little. You know, it's it's the way it's it's happening. That's they're they're into the pigeon dance, and that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I do think he's the main man right now. Uh, ever since Cuco Martina left, you know, someone had to fill their <laughs> shoes. I thought um, it was Marty Ash. <laughs> oh, those dudes. I uh, hope they're okay. Uh, so <laughs> I really do. I really hope they're okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, but yeah, he, he is the main man right now. Yeah, that's what I'll say. So uh, not Jenk Tosin is what you're saying. Not Jenk Tosin right now. Although he, a guy can take a heck of a penalty for Turkey, can he? He can. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, woof. Hey, that he can too. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Smashed it. Speaking, look at your look at your accidental uh, segue, by the way. Holy crap. Smooth transition. We, we rehearsed this for five hours before we came on. Uh, <laughs> back, meanwhile, back on Twitter, uh, Pete Needham, who's, uh, who's uh, one of our, our friends of the Toffee Blues, he's always contributing cool comments and wordplay and whatnot. Uh, 
he's asked us a question. He actually comments to you every once in a while too, I think. But um, if you were Everton manager, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you were Everton manager and had a choice of Lukaku or DCL as they are now, as your front man, who would you pick and why? And he goes on to say that the fact that this is even close speaks to DCL's rise in the past 12 months. Are you going to, what are you going to do with this one, Jake? I've got an answer, loaded up, primed, ready to pop. I just want to know what yours is first, so I can tell if I'm mine's still going to stick with Dominic Calvert Lewin. Are you? Yeah, it's just it's nothing against Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is a wonderful striker, and he's a heck of a player. And um, you know, we have missed him for a an incredibly long time. We never replaced him after he left. Until now. Now we have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who works his ass off every match. And it's just, it's very evident. The man does not lose out on 50-50 balls. The man does not ever lose out on an aerial duel. The man can head the ball with the best headers in the entire Premier League. And not only that, but his one-touch shooting has improved miles since he's come to the club it's unbelievable how he's so comfortable with taking a touch and bang putting it on target now uh when before you know he would take two three four touches and you would get so frustrated you're just like you have enough pace you can do this like you can hit it after the first touch i know you can and you just saw it in him and it was just so frustrating for the longest time and this is, again, this is nothing against Romelu Lukaku. If you told me that I had to sell Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Romelu Lukaku was coming back, I wouldn't like shit. I'd be, I mean, I'd be very upset because I, I do love Dominic Calvert-Lewin a lot. But you're not going to be losing anything with an Romelu Lukaku coming in, especially with the players he would have around him now. He would have the service to still be a, able to bang in the goals that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is banging in. But, yeah, no, I'm not changing. Like, Calvert-Lewin's my guy, and – He's not as important as Rick Jarlison, but he's number two, I would say. So, Lukaku now, I think, has a much better attitude than he used to. He seems a lot more mature. He doesn't seem – he seems like he's like, you know, uh, I, he's playing for the right reasons. I think he got humbled at United, um, which, is, which is cool. Good for him. You know, that's awesome. I, I think he's a much better teammate than he used to be. The vibe I get is, but I, uh, I, I, I would pick DCL too. I, I would agree with Jake here. I think Calvert-Lewin does the dirty work. And uh, Lukaku can create his own goals a lot. I think he can. I think he's more powerful. You get him the ball. He can, I think he can get around somebody faster. He has, he wants some more, direct route a lot of times. Um, Calvert-Lewin hold yeah. up play. I think it's much more impressive. I think the the work that he does winning those 50-50s is immense and actually sets up goals repeatedly for us. And he's fine with that. And he's not ashamed or, or afraid is a better word to head the ball. I haven't seen Lukaku aerial game, like legit real Lukaku aerial game since he got knocked out a long time ago when he played for us, scored a goal, got knocked out. And ever yeah. since then, he seemed like he was not the same aerial threat ever again, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing. 
I get it. I've had head injuries. I understand. You're going to be a little weird about it. You know? Yeah. Okay. I got it. But I just think Calvert-Lewin does more of the team play. And, and here's the thing. He hasn't tried to leave, man. He hasn't tried to leave. Calvert-Lewin has been completely happy and excited to be there. And I feel like that attitude thing, that attitude thing is very big. So it is close. I like Lukaku. I, 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 uh, when he, when he left, part of me was like, oh gosh, I'm going to miss him. Then I'm like, well, he doesn't want to be here. You know, that's a big thing. If he doesn't want to be there, you know, you're not going to get the best out of him. Right. Hardly anybody. Yeah. And I think looking back now, I think you, you've seen a little bit of regret out of Lukaku on social media. About the way it went down? Every time somebody's like, hey. Like, hey, big man, we miss you at, at Everton. You know, he's, he's kind of cool. like, yeah, I, I know. Like and, and, yeah. And now I will say, you, you brought up a really good point. The only thing that Lukaku does way better than Dominic Calvert-Lewin is creating his own goals. You know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has to have the proper service or else he's not going to create those goals. He's not going to be able to push through a defense on sure willpower where you watch Lukaku pick up the ball and like he's he's going through you, like he's going through you. It's gonna happen. He's gonna score, and that's you know that's that's not a knock on Dominic Calvert Lewin. It's just you know that's that's not his game. He's not gonna succeed trying to do that. He is going to succeed getting up and heading every ball that's coming into the box and taking clever one touches and putting it into the back of the net. So. <clears throat> So, so yeah, but I, and again, I mean, it's, I don't think this is a landslide conversation. It's not a, oh, obviously one thing or another, because I, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough question, which is why Pete asks it. Pete knows it's tough. He knows we're rankling. He knows we're, we're, we're like, oh gosh, that's hard. He knows (laughs) why he did it. He wanted to see a squirm. What a joke. I can't even joke about that because he'll take us seriously. <laughs> You're not a jerk. That was an excellent question. And it was actually like a, a, a decent conversation to actually, I actually, I thought, I saw, I saw it on Twitter and I thought about it when I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, oh, you know, that's actually kind of a, a good thing to think about. And I was joking. He will not take us seriously. Oh, well. he, will, he will not. He's Cover he's, your bases. He's a, he's a jokester. He's yeah. So last question comes from a very, another familiar name. It is, one half of the brothers McAllister, who uh, who you often see on Toppy Blues, uh, Terry, Terry, our Terry, Terry asks uh, another tough one. The right back problem doesn't seem to be going away. Coleman can't get a run of games as his body is starting to show its age. What does Carlo do to come up with a short-term plan B in lieu? And by the way, he says in lieu. Terry, it's just friggin' charming. I love in lieu. Okay, in lieu of buying a new player, Kenny, Godfrey, Holgate, Davies, change mark, change formation, or what he doesn't ask here, which I know Ben, who edits these videos sometimes, will be very a big fan of. Let's re-sign Kuko, eh? So, gotta be Kuko. It's my second Kuko reference tonight. Mm. Just saying. So. What would be your short-term plan if you're if you're the manager? What do you think Carlo's plan should be here? If we're thinking about 
moving forward, short-term plan B. If Coleman's not around, available, if he's hurt, let's say it's in, his, his injury's nagging, he's only around every other game, what do you do? This squad doesn't have the players to switch formations to three at the back. I love the 3-5-2 formation. I think it's a wonderful formation. Um, I think it makes everything just a little bit more fluid. And I love watching Wolves play the 3-5-2 because they do have the players to do it, and it's wonderful to watch. It's very mm-hmm. eye-catching football, and uh, it's very positive. And when you have the athletes to do it, it can be just a, an excellent formation. However, Everton don't have the players to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I think switching formation is out of the question. So then it comes into – if you're going to have to play four at the back, who's it going to be if Coleman's not available and you're not going to buy somebody? Well, first off, this was the one thing that I thought Everton missed out on in the summer is they needed a right back. They needed to buy a right back, and it was something that had to happen because of this, and now we're in this situation. Um, I am not a big John Joe Kenny person. However... John Joe Kenny is the best option we have right now in, in terms of just pure fit for right back and only right back, right? John Joe Kenny's the guy. He is not the future right back at Everton, I don't think. I think he's a fine squad player. I think John Joe Kenny is somebody that you should keep around as a depth player. He can play the position. You're not going to be completely screwed with John Joe Kenny in there. He is going to make his mistakes. However, right now, he's the best option. We've seen Godfrey play that position, and he played well against Liverpool and then played very poorly in the next match against Southampton. It was terrible. Out of position constantly, just nowhere to be found. Now people are saying, well, he didn't have any help. It's like, yeah, but like as a right back, sometimes you're not going to have help. Right. Um, Tom Davis has played even less than uh, Ben Godfrey has. Now, if you're not going to go with Kenny, Tom Davis would be my pick. It's a controversial opinion, but if you limit Tom Davis to one spot, he's good going forward. Now you're probably not going to get much with him defending wise, but like he's decent enough going forward where you're not going to be at a complete loss, but if it's not going to be John Joe Kenny, it should be Tom Davis and Ben Godfrey should be reserved for either central defensive mid player or a center back. He's just, I, I just, I, I don't think he's got the bona fides to play right back. I, I don't think he's that versatile. I think he's a versatile player. I just don't think that he can play right back as good as John Joe Kenny can. So but my, that's, that's my answer. John Joe Kenny, if you're not going to buy somebody and Seamus Coleman is going to be out and John Joe Kenny's available, unfortunately, it's got to be John Joe Kenny. I, I agree about Kenny. I mean, almost everything you said about John Joe Kenny. I, I do think, give him a run of games, I would love to see him have a run of games see what happens, not get injured. Um, I'd like to, I just think he understands these nuances of when to get forward, when to get back of playing right back. He's the only natural fit we have there. Um, Holgate will have trouble, will have trouble getting forward and playing the final ball. 
as will uh, Godfrey. Godfrey, what we saw when he plugged in the first time, he was being plugged in, a last minute replacement. He came in, in the, not even last minute, it was in the middle, a mid-game replacement, yeah. and no one planned mm -hmm. around it. The next game, he started, right? Early. Started. It, was like, it was like 30 minutes into that yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. And so nobody planned around it, though. But then the next game, when he had the opportunity to do the same thing, he was kind of, people planned around it, and he got caught out. And it, you know, and I think he's a brilliant young player, and maybe he's had more yeah. time to kind of refine that. But I think that the natural fit is, I mean, there's a reason we held on to John Joe Kenny for a reason. It's because no one came in and paid what we wanted them to pay. So that means we have a value for him. We have a value for him to play that position, and it, if nothing else, defensively. Right? I, do I think that uh, Godfrey and Holgate offer more pace and possibly a little bit more stability defensively? When it, when it comes to pace, yes, pure pace, but not defensive positioning. Defensive positioning on the right back, Kenny should be giving us what we need from that position. So he's my number one. And my number two is just, I, you know, at that point, I'll take any of those three. Yeah. Any of those three. Davies worries yeah. me defensively because of pace. That's my problem with Davies playing. And then you, I, I didn't, at that point, I would say no, no attacking responsibilities. Just, just play D, man. Just cover us, cover our asses, and just so that, don't even worry about getting forward. That's what I would say there. Um, or we, uh, we sign, uh, we sign a, a right back. I've been hearing about this kid. His name's Antonio Huberto, and he's a very good defensive player. Antonio Huberto. Do a job, and when he scores, we'll riot. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think this summer, like right back, needs to be right up number one on the list. That needs to be the key, the, the main priority. We'll pull him. We'll pull him off of right the. Of, we'll pull him out. No more carp fishing for him, Antonio Huberto. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. But honestly, dude. I, I got to agree with John Joe Kenny. I, I, and Terry's right. This is a problem. I've had this problem. I knew That's this was going to be a problem yeah. going into this season. You knew it was going to be a problem. You look at it. We, we, Hol, Coleman is giving us great minutes. He looks great. But he's also, you know, he's, he's not, you know, a young whippersnapper. So there's going to be times where he can't help it. He can't help it. Body's going to be, even if it's not a straight injury, it's going to be just straight wear, where he plays 10 matches in a row He's going to be worn. It's going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing mm -hmm. physical specimen. I've seen him do some great work recently getting forward. I mean, I, I trust him. I do trust him to be right back right now. Yeah. I do. Plus, but, the way he goes after people who dive is awesome. Love that. <laughs> that, love that past one this weekend, oh, or the, the one with the, he keeps like yelling at Harry Maguire by diving yeah. in the box. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, huge, huge Seamus Coleman fan. Uh, it was – they just – I'm just saying, if you're going to keep Kenny, you're going to keep him around, it better be for a reason. And if you don't play Easy. him over these other players, why do we have him? I feel super Use bad him. for a kid right. who, who could be a starter somewhere. So, anyway. All right. Terry, you probably have a better formed option in your head. But that is out. Terry, I'd actually like to hear what you think, Terry. So, like, hit us up. Yes. Yes. Give me a call, Terry. We'll record it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, for real, Terry, give us an answer on that. Um, so, and uh, yeah, and Greg, who chimed in on Twitter, we're not going to play Mo Besic there. I'm just saying, not happening. <laughs> He's got a message. He's got a, the Besic obsession. All right. Ooh, that was not the best. All right. Full and full and preview. Let's do this. Hey, all right. It's gonna Here be. Go. It's gonna be. It's gonna be brief because I gotta be honest. We're running out of time. Uh, can, the current form right now, they're seventeenth uh, in the in the Premier League with four points. They're one, one, and six. Their past three matches, their most recent was a one nil loss to West Ham, which was an absolute debacle. Uh, with uh, Adamola Lookman yeah, uh, pulling a Kevin Morales and saying, "No, I'll the take worst this penalty I've ever seen," and didn't just tuck it away. And yeah, so young kid just choosing his wrong moment, picking the wrong moment. Just yeah. saying. So before mm-hmm. that, they had a two-nil win over West Brom, and before that, a two-one loss to Palace. Possible lineup: um, Ariola in goal, Aina. On the right, Anderson and Tosin. I'm gonna do this dude's name wrong, although I've heard it before. Tosin Adar Adarabioyo. Adarabioyo. Yes, Adarabioyo. Nailed it. Yes. Alert the Nailed media. It. Holy crap, that was phonetic <laughs> and probably wrong. Uh, so. Uh, and Anthony Robinson, I, I can I can say Anthony Robinson really easily uh, at left back. Um, Harrison Reed, Zambo, hold on, shit, Angisa. My own writing, Zambo Angisa. Yeah, I was reading my own writing and I was like, that's not that dude's name. Um, Bobby de, de Cordova reads. There's two reads there, sort of. Uh, Tom, yeah. yeah uh, Tom Kearney, Animal Lookman, and. An absolute uh, dominant presence in the box of uh, Mitrovic, uh, who is just killer. Yeah, he is a. I, I see him play a lot. I use sometimes I specifically watch teams to play that he's on just to watch him play because I want to see what happens. Um, so I feel like Mitrovic is their main danger man. I just got to say it. He's he finds a way to score often, um, and he is sort of scary. Yeah, he looks at, like if there was one person you're like, pick one player in the league that you think might uh, bite the heads off of rodents. He's like, that's the guy. That's the guy. Yes. That was a good game to play. You know? I have to think about that one. You know, I I, 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 have, I don't have any other answers. He's the first one solid, that came up. I think it's a solid candidate, though, for you sure. You know, he just looks like he would just – you know, <laughs> destroy, just destroy small animals. So, uh, anyway, they've also got Loftus, Ruben Loftus Cheek coming off the bench, uh, and Ivan Cavallero uh, coming off the bench as well, possibly. Um, I mean, the main thing I look at that, I look at that lineup, and I, I feel like it's a, a young, on the most part, it seems, feels like a very young team. You know, feels pretty yeah. young. Every time I've seen them play, yeah. it's not particularly – I don't immediately think, okay, that team scares me. I don't. I think – and I don't even know – They if look like a work. championship side. It feels a little naive. feels a little naive, that side. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there, there's some talent there. 
I'm not going to sit there and say they're not, but I don't oh, think they sure. come yeah. through and said, this is our identity. We're cohesive like this. You know what I mean? So sure. now that we've given like a absolute super thin analysis of the Fulham squad, <laughs> it's not a very long Fulham summation. I'm just saying. Didn't, uh, who do you think starting for Everton? Because with these weird possible injuries, I don't even know. I'd actually like to go a little, a little off the board here and, and go <sighs> with who I would start, who I would start over who I think will start. Um, I think it's time for a switch up in this squad. Uh, I think it's time for Robin Olsen to come in and start. Jordan Pickford Ooh. looked really shaky again last weekend against United. Um, there was that, there was that another ball straight in his hands that he dropped right at the, the feet of Harry Maguire, which almost led to a penalty. Uh, he just he just looks shaky every time out, which is it's alarming. Uh, then I go with John Joe Kenny, and then center backs. I'm switching up the center backs. I want I want Everton to go to more of a ball playing, pacier center back. I want Godfrey and Holgate at center back. I want more ball playing ability. Because Everton do play a decent amount from the back. And if you're going to play from the back, you need ball players from the back. Can I ask you a question? They pass back a lot, yeah. I have a question. Only because mm-hmm. this goes directly against what I think Michael Keane to be. I feel like he's a really good passer. I feel like his passes forward going, you know, I feel – I don't think he's a ball-carrying – like Godfrey would be. You give Godfrey the ball, I think he's a decent, like, passer. Go. I also think he He'll can go, go man. forward. Colgate will get forward. Michael Keane, yeah. eh. Michael Keane's more of, like, uh, I feel like he's more of a distributor. And Yerry Mina, i still working out Yerry Mina. I think uh, those two guys are aerial presences. What do you think What do you think we would need more against a team like Fulham, though? Do you think it is the, the pace? I... I don't have a problem with Michael Keane's distribution. I think it is good. I think he is a good passer of the ball, and he's played some really excellent balls this season. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been some through balls with some height on it that have just been perfect. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I don't – this is a kind of a match where I think you can experiment a little bit, right, against a side that is maybe not – Premier League level. And right now, I think you can comfortably look at Fulham and say, you guys kind of look like a championship side. And I'm not, and that's, that's, it's, it's, sounds disrespectful to Fulham, but I don't think it is. I think you can respect them fully while also understanding that the talent is just not up to snuff. Uh, right now, I'm imagining the Fulham fans in the comments going, oh my God. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I mean, then that's yeah. assuming there's and Fulham then, fans watching this, which is. Also, sort of funny. But yeah, so, so I, mean, like, I, I would like to see. I would like to see a little switch up, a little experimentation. I would like to see how Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate play together. I think that's something that you kind of have to see, and I think this is a good opportunity to do that. Plus, you can get him Michael Keane some rest. He's been playing in every match. Plus, he's been playing for England. So, like, you know, getting Michael Keane a little bit of a rest is isn't the worst thing in the world. Luca Dean on the left. Um, I think you're going to stick with a four-three-three formation. Um, mm-hmm. um, obviously, Alon's going to be out, so you're going to need to. Is he? 
I think he and Coleman are definitely out. I think it's a good idea to keep Allen out of the squad this weekend. Mm. Just give him a little bit more time. Mm. No reason to rush him back and maybe make his injury even worse. Uh, so you're going to see Degore in the middle. Obviously, the man has been wonderful. I think if I had to guess, you'll probably see Andre Gomez in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, my guess would be Bernard, it's the other midfielder, playing out mm. left, out wide. And then in front of him will be Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and James Rodriguez. Um, that's, that's the way I think they should line up. I don't think that's how they will line up. I, I'm sure we'll see John Kenny in it right back, and I'm sure we'll see Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane and Yuri Mina will probably be our center backs. But that's how I'd like to see it. I think that'd be I think it'd be a fun way to to go about it. Uh, I mean, I I agree with you. I I would like to see Olson get a run. I do think Pickford will be in there though. Um, I also yep. feel like, if I'm being totally honest though. Uh, Pickford kind of got picked on uh, after England's most recent uh, game against Belgium. For sure. And I think yeah. that's not fair. Uh, he was unfairly no. called out. Uh, I mean, the first goal got deflected like two or three times before it went in, and he still almost got it. Um, I didn't think he played poorly in that one. I, I think he – but I still maintain that the guy needs some sharpening. I think he needs to be more on edge to to kind of build up some uh, some competitive that competitive match uh, that match concentration. I feel like he needs some sharpening. So I think continuing every once in a while to take him out would be a good thing. And right now, I think Olson didn't do enough to merit not getting consideration. I thought he played well. When he played, yeah. I thought he played well. So yeah. Um, so. Uh, I would do that, but I think Pickford will start. How and do you think they'll line up? So I, I, think I, I told you how I think we should. How do you think we will? I mean, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you're saying, dude. Um, Pickford, I think if Coleman, if there's any chance Coleman's playing, he'll play. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think Coleman will, I think they'll find a way for Coleman to play. Um, I think Michael Keane and Holgate, I think we're going to line up the same way we did last time. Um, to give them because uh, Yerry Mina just played. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, he got a red card with Columbia. Yeah. Uh, Columbia looks really bad right now. They look bad. <laughs> they look, they so look really bad. bad. Almost they got a goal, but they got six beat one six one. What is it? Venezuela that beat them six Ecuador. to one? Or was Ecuador. it Ecuador? Yeah. It was Ecuador. That's right. Yeah. It was not, not a pretty performance. And uh, so Are I think Thomas he, scored. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I like that guy. Uh, Luca Dean, probably on the left. Um, now, the midfield's sure where this – Yes. Decore, I think Decore will get in. And, but if there's no Alan, because I I don't know. Right now, I'm on this – I got to be honest, man. I feel like this is a game we need to make sure – like, I'm, I'm a little worried about too much experimentation because I want to get back on the right track. The Matt Foley. The right track. You know? So, it's like that's – it's like, I feel like we, we need that return to normalcy. So uh, I don't want to take too many chances. I'm a little, I want to get some points. I want three points and I'm fine with winning it 1-0. I'm fine with winning it 3-2. I just want to win right now. 
Um, and so if Alan, if we feel like we're not going to do serious damage to Alan or Coleman leading up into holiday, you know, the festive period, uh, then if they're okay, let's play them. But, uh, but if he's not, if Alan's not available, well, Delph's not exactly healthy right now either, which is one of those players you would come in immediately and put in there for him. So what do you do then? You get Decore and then maybe uh, Andre Gomez and Sigurdsson, or you throw Tom Davies in there. And that's what you've got. Um, yes. And that could end um, up happening because if you look at what Tom Davies wants to do, what Tom Davies wants to do in a game is not too far from what Alan does. He wants to be Alan. Yeah, he does, but he doesn't do as well with as much defensive responsibility. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of like, do you have Andre Gomez like pull farther back and then Sigurdsson, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't even know how they do that, how they line those up. Is it Decore, you know, Sigurdsson, uh, Andre Gomez? Uh, but D Davis is really the only other option there um, that you can really go with if you want to go with the traditional three although type of thing, right? You could go with Godfrey. Or Holgate. That's true. That is true. Both of them have done that before. Both of them have played, and both of them have played well at central, central defensive mid, so... I don't, I don't think that's what will happen, but I would be totally no, fine with that. I'd be fine yeah. with that experimentation, though. Um, I just don't know how, like – I haven't figured out if what Carlo is like a like-for-like like kind of guy because I feel like he's not. I feel like he finds a way to play the best players, even though sometimes it's to the detriment. You know, when we didn't play Gordon instead of Richarlison when Richarlison was out, Gordon seemed like the like-for-like like replacement. It seemed like he was th – uh, you know, Carlo was thinking, no, let's just play the players. Play the players that I think are right. So I don't know if he'll go like for like. I think he'll just play three center type presences that yeah. uh, will give him energy and ball winning and uh, in passing. So that's if Alan plays, I think we'll see Alan Decore and Sigurdsson or Gomes, Gomes, whatever you want to say. I, I've heard five different pronunciations. It's I'm weird. I don't know how to do it anymore. Yeah. We're lost. So. Uh, and Hamas DC on Charleston. That's that's me going out on a limb there. Uh, but yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, predictions. What's your score prediction? I can't ever do clean sheets anymore because we don't know what a clean sheet is anymore. No, no. So no. I'm gonna say four two comfortable Everton win. Okay. Um, I, I don't I don't see. I, I do think. Fulham's probably going to score, which is super annoying because this is a team that you should be keeping a clean sheet against. But it's whatever. Everton don't keep clean sheets anymore. Fine. Outscore them by two goals and I'll be – everything's fine. 4-2. Richarlison's getting on the score sheet this weekend, by the way. He's, it's happening. So one of the things you said is one of my predictions. Richarlison scores. I agree. I, I – I think it's time. I think welcome back. Uh, let's do this. By the way, uh, side note, amazing story uh, on, um, oh gosh, what is it? Players Tribune, Richarlison story. Find it, read it. Yes. So good. I, yes. I, I sent it to my, I sent it to my whole family to read it. So yes, check it out. Um, 
But anyway, I'm going to say we win 2-1. I'm going to say it's, it's going to be uh, – I think it's actually going to be scrappy. I think we're looking for momentum right now. And that's what I'm fine with. I'm fine. I just want momentum. Uh, I think even though they may seem a little naive, I do think they have some energy. And uh, catch them at the wrong time. We sit there and get all cocky. I don't want to get cocky. I want to go into this thinking it's going to be a hard-fought Premier League situation. And that's what I'm expecting. Uh, 2-1, I think we, we get away with a win um, and, and some momentum and some positivity. That's what I'm going for, dude. You know, um, maybe I'm a little too uh, conservative in my uh, predictions there, but I don't know, man. I just want something good. I want something yeah. good, feel good about everything. I want that winning feeling back. Yeah. Yeah, that loving feeling. All you right. know what's annoying? I, I haven't predicted Everton to lose once this season. And I find that annoying. I find that a bit annoying. And it is a bit like, come on, man. Like, get a hold of yourself. Well, if they'd stop seeming like they're going to win. Not even to Liverpool. Like, I didn't even predict them to lose to Liverpool, which is just – and they right. didn't, which is fine. But, like, yeah, come on. Hey, hey. Don't apologize for being positive, man. Don't you do that. Come on. You need to be slightly realistic. They're not going to go undefeated. Well, they definitely won't now. <laughs> that, that no, that's right. Me. You're right. That's, that's <laughs> correct. That, that is correct. No more, no invincibles. Uh, Arsenal can pop bottles once again. There are no invincibles again. Oh, they were. I, I like the idea of thinking that Arsenal were worried. <laughs> They're like, oh, we've got our well, I mean, it's just, like, it's, it's like the same thing that people bring up with the NFL and like yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins yeah, and, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's so I'm with you. So, uh, Jake, we have found ourselves at the end of another show, man. Wonderful. Congratulations, you you tolerated yeah. me for another for another yeah. round. Uh, uh, so, really quick, uh, I do need to uh, make sure everybody, uh, if you're not already following uh, Jake. Holton, you need to do that. Uh, you need to check out his work on Toffee Targets. And uh, anything else we should be promoting for you, man? Uh, besides Cincinnati Toffees, if you're in that area, you need to get on that. Anything else? Uh, nope. I should have uh, – should be back to a normal writing schedule, so I will have a preview for the Fulham match probably coming out on Friday. That'll be fun. Awesome. I have to wait for Carlo Ancelotti's press conference on Friday morning to see who's going to be injured and who's going to be available. So uh, be sure to check out. Uh, it should be, there should be a preview on Friday and then following next week, I'll be back on a two a week schedule with a preview and a recap. So. Awesome. Very cool. It. Everybody check out, check it out. Toffee targets. We're getting a, a lot of, jake holton content there uh and he he brought up some of it at the very beginning of the show so it's that type of conversations you could be having with this gentleman right here it's true all right very Good. cool uh so all right jerry thanks for having me buddy that was awesome yeah. hey uh you're good i just i'll do my my ending spiel here and then we'll we'll just quit recording yeah with this like this close to finishing holy crap uh so <laughs> So uh, anyway, really quick, don't forget the Everton Direct link down there. If you're going to buy anything Everton-based, click on that link. It's in the description. It, it, it's, uh, it's nice. So check that out if you're going to be getting Everton stuff for Christmas, for the holidays. It ships to the North Pole. They do. They do. So speaking of that, <laughs> here's my book. That's, this, is for my, uh, this is for my aunt. 
So this is my aunt's copy. But this is my book, Randolph the Christmas Moose. This came from Toffee Blues. It would not have happened without Toffee Blues. I wanted to make sure you can pick it up on Amazon right now. Uh, it's for, uh, I would recommend if you have kids at a third grade reading level, or if you want to read it to kids uh, younger than that, it tends to work with all those kids. So yeah, it's about a moose who likes to run, a moose who likes to train and finds a love of running. So yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, cool. If you hate meese, that's your call. Just saying, no one hates a moose. Come on, especially that's one wearing, cool. he wears a headband for God's sake. That's pretty okay? cool, man. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Thank you. Get Jake. it together, people. I just need a video of Jake scolding people for not, okay, that's awesome. So anyway, uh, so moving onward. Also, I normally don't do this. I normally don't push my book before Toffee Blues. That's weird. But anyway, please check out the Toffee Blues uh, website. There's all kinds of amazing content on there from all of our, our cool contributors on this channel. Also, if you're not subscribed to this channel, what art thou doing, people? Do uh, so please subscribe to The Top of the Blues on YouTube. Uh, check out our podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, like on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter. So follow, follow us there. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm done, dude. I'm done. Jake holds Tapped out. Yes. Tapped out. Thank you. I'm going to go have a beer. And say water. hey to my wife before she goes to sleep and I hang out by myself for a little while. My wife, hey. my, my, my voice is going to be all hoarse. Uh, your voice can't be hoarse. Listen to how pleasant that is. No way. <laughs> I think it never go hoarse. No way. You'd be Jake's surprised what happens at seven in the morning when I wake up and I try to say my first words. Hello. It sounds like, <laughs> I've, just, it sounds like I've just been unraveled out of like a, two, like a mummy's, you know, uh, Whatever that thing's called. What is it called? Sarcophagus? Ah, that's it. Yeah. That's dust was, dust like, comes out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, in all seriousness, Jake, thanks so much for coming on. It's always really good to talk to you. You're such a nice guy. Appreciate love your views. You, I love your, your thoughtful, uh, your thoughtful, you know, opinions. And yeah. That was fun. Yeah, man. So anytime, come back. Everybody else out there, um, yeah, we need three points this weekend. So just go ahead and will it to happen so everyone doesn't have to do anything. All right? Much love, everybody. Have a good one. And bye. Oh, not a good throw. Bye.